When you hear the term PWD, what comes to mind? Wheelchairs? Canes? Back braces? Maybe even a nurse or assistant who's always by their side? But the truth is many persons with disabilities don't physically look disabled. Some have psychological conditions or developmental disorders or other issues that simply aren't obvious to the naked eye. Sometimes that makes it even harder for them to get the help they need. No wheelchair, no service. I'm Margaret DeLeon, and in this episode of I've Got an Opinion, Rappler's podcast on ordinary people speaking up on extraordinary issues, we talk to Ramil de Galgulie, a poet and a person with a non-visible disability. What's life like for him? Let's find out. Thank you, Ramil, for joining us for I've Got an Opinion. Uh, sure, sure. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, thank you. Oh, awesome. Why don't we just get started with the big questions. Mm-hmm. How are you considered a person with a disability? Yeah, um, well, on my card, because I, I do have a card, like officially registered as a person with a disability, the card says psychosocial. Because okay. I think that's their way of maybe lessening the stigma, you know, lessening the embarrassment or the shame that some people might feel or might receive you know, the shaming that they might receive. So it's all, I think, from what I know, that's the pretty standard thing. Whether you have, uh, you have, let's say, depression or schizophrenia or bipolar disorder, mm-hmm. which is what, what I was diagnosed with, uh, bipolar type 2. I see. But on the, on the card, it will say psychosocial. Okay. That's what it says. Mm-hmm. How, long have you, uh, how long has it been since you've been diagnosed? I was actually diagnosed like three times in my life. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, because the diagnosis would change. Okay. The first time, when I first recognized the symptoms, mm-hmm. the symptoms were mostly, at least the, the symptoms that I recognized was depression and all the whatever you feel, whatever you think when, you're, when you have depression. Right. So I was, I guess, 17 or 18 years old. I was in college in USD. And then I was a psych major. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I guess if, if, if I wasn't a psych major, I would probably not have recognized what the symptoms were. Right, right. Yeah. So when I suspected that, you know, I had depression, I actually wrote our department head of the UST College of Science Psychology Department. Her name is Doctora Noemi Catalan. Mm-hmm. I mentioned her because she really helped me. When I wrote to her and told her my symptoms, she gave me free psychotherapy sessions. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and she kept it a secret. You know, I was thinking that, you know, because she knew she'd probably tell the other teachers, like all my other professors would know. Uh-oh. And it's only maybe like two decades later when I went back to USD and gave a talk. Mm-hmm. I spoke to my old professors. And none of them knew. They were just really surprised when I gave a talk and I revealed that in, back in college I was suicidal and I was depressed. Mm-hmm. They were all surprised and they said none of them knew. So it was really at that point when I was young and I was having these symptoms, it was really crucial that I had Dr. Catalan who kept my illness in confidence. Mm-hmm. And, she really respected uh, the uh, no, patient yeah, confidentiality. Yeah, and it helped. I mean, of course... I mentioned that because okay, I was diagnosed clinically depressed back in college. And then at the time, 
this was like in the 90s. So at least in our society back then, there wasn't as big and as wide and as accepting a conversation going on about mental illness. Anyway, I could not really continue the psychotherapy long term. So essentially, I just had to tough it out and live with the symptoms until 2005. So let's say from 1992 to let's say 2005, I was having symptoms all those years, but I was just toughing it out. Yeah, you weren't getting any treatment. Yeah, I wasn't because I had the idea that the depression would go away, you know, right. on its own. Mm-mm. So when I had serious symptoms again and I got suicidal again, Mm-mm. I saw another doctor, this time a doctor for the first time, psychiatrist. Oh. Yes, and I got a diagnosis of the same Mm -mm. clinical depression. But then when I started treatment, I think I went on treatment for maybe two to three years. So 2005. You mean uh, medication? Yeah, medication. Mm -hmm. I was getting medication. And I stopped because I noticed that it wasn't really working. There was some relief, but most of the time it was my own willpower getting me through, you know? Okay. So when I got a really bad case of, you know, suicidality, mm-hmm. this was in 2011, I went to another doctor. Actually, at this point, I already had like three or four different doctors already mm-hmm. that I had gone to. And the doctor I went to in 2011, Dr. Rogi who's connected in St. Luke's, mm-hmm. but I guess she's in the U.S. now. She was the one who gave the right diagnosis, it turns right. out. I had suspected that it wasn't depression. I had already suspected this might be bipolar. And I had told my former psychiatrist, but she wouldn't believe me. She wouldn't okay, believe she me. She didn't even try to test you for it. Yeah, because at the time, this is something that I would learn. Mm-hmm. I had first seen a psychiatrist in 2005. So it wasn't working. The medications weren't really working. And there were really bad side effects. I was even hallucinating. I was having like oh, wow. mood swings and because of the antidepressant. Oh. A few years later, I went to Dr. Manuela Stas. And she diagnosed me correctly. Mm-mm. You know, bipolar type 2. And she gave the correct medication. Let's talk about the card that you mentioned. So when did you get it? Did you have the card when you still thought you had depression? Or no, no, when did you get no. it? I didn't know about all of those things. I didn't uh-huh. even know that you know depression or bipolar was considered a disability. I had no idea. So I was learning all these things starting 2011. But I only got the card in 2015. That was the only time that, you know. Okay. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's also because... Like getting a card, getting registered officially, somehow psychologically, that's like a milestone because right. it's like you subjecting yourself to the system and Uh-oh. complaining publicly that, hey, Uh-oh. I'm a disabled person and, hey, I have this psychosocial disorder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it comes with so many things. There's so, discrimination. Yeah. But why, why did you decide to get the card in the first place? Like, because, you know, yeah, because I found out, first of all, I found out that, hey, it's included. This mm-hmm. was because I had gone into the mental health community already and I had mm-hmm. already networked with other people in the mental health community and they told me about these things. Okay, so could you describe like what you get from being registered officially? There are discounts on certain things, essentially similar to the same types of discounts that a senior citizen would get. Right. A PWD would get. It's just that I think in the discounts, the discounts I think for the senior citizen 
mm-hmm. is a bit higher. I don't know now, maybe that's changed, but at mm-hmm. the time, higher. But essentially the same. Movies, <laughs> medication, food establishments, yeah. But I haven't tried, like they said, concerts is possible, but I haven't Concert? tried it. Wow. Yeah, concerts, shows, if you're watching a musical in... <laughs> you know, wow, why not? You get a discount, yeah. But, you know, these are things that you get to realize, especially if you're spending thousands of pesos a month Mm-mm. on your maintenance medication. It does help because... Sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in the same way that a lot of seniors who aren't rich mm-hmm. are able to save more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The same way, you know, like in my case, I'm a PWD and I have to, because of my condition, and now that I'm getting older, mm-hmm. there are really some, like I don't, I'm not earning as much from all the work I do because I have a regular work in the office, but I augment that with side hustles, right? Right. But oh. I can't accept as much now because well my brain can't take it because you're bipolar your brain is overworked all the time anyway you know overworked already and if you pile on more especially a job like i do you know i write Mm -hmm. i just have to say no to some projects and that means lesser income okay so the discounts really help if you like i said you spend thousands of pesos a month have you had trouble getting your benefits like you were trying to use your card somewhere and you got into a bottleneck because you had to convince the cashier or something that you were disabled? Has it ever? Uh, Not really outright rejected, but you see that they don't believe you right away. Mm -hmm. You see that they're somehow skeptical Uh when you say that, like, you know, they see you, yeah. Like you're standing, like there aren't any limbs missing and you're Uh not (laughs) limping or there's no visible sign of a disability. Then they become skeptical, especially now, diba. There's a lot of fake people have been yeah. using fake cards. Maybe there might be a syndicate involved, but you know, a lot of people have been using fake cards. How do you so, feel about that, by the way? As someone who has that card, like how do you feel oh, you hear yeah, that? Of course it's terrible, right? I mean mm-hmm. that's that's really something that should not be done because then people who have the legitimate need for those discounts, for that type of support, mm-hmm. they're affected. You know, they sure. You know, when people turn against that benefit, saying that, you know, it's being used to swindle or for fraud, then, you know, you become scared. Yeah, you know, yeah. maybe because of popular pressure or public pressure, they might take away the benefits, right? Oh, yeah. So that's part of the things that are in the back of your mind. But the funny thing is, there's an even bigger annoyance than that, than not Jeez. being believed. And, and that is... senior citizens in the same line as you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because for example, yeah, and sometimes they really speak up. And, oh, really? And, and like, what do they say? Yeah, you know, naman, diba? old people, cranky people, <laughs> they feel like they can say what they want, right? Because oh, they're old. <laughs> like they go like, hindi ka naman mukhang PWD ah. Yeah, they really say that. Oh, that, wow. that happened to me. Yeah, like, there was this old lady in front of me. I was already at the cashiers in, at the supermarket. And she suddenly noticed that I'm standing behind her. Right. So she corrects me, right? She tells uh-huh. me, uh, in Tagalog, she tells me, pang senior citizen lang po dito. <laughs> With a lot of irritation in her voice. Yeah. <laughs> So then, you know, it's exhausting then because, you know, because you're bipolar and you're trying not to have a manic episode. Sure, yes. With the cashier line, you're expending energy for that. But at the same time, you have to spend more energy explaining to this old woman 
that you really are, I mean, you're legit. You, you, you're, oh. you have the right to use this, to use this particular lane. Yeah. And you have to explain. And some people actually have the patience to explain that, you know, not all disabilities are mm. visible. Like are visible. Others in the, yeah. But I don't do that. I just say, you know, I just explain it. I just show them my card and I show yeah. them my booklet. Because it's a booklet. But you know, it's really funny. I find it really funny that you have senior citizens. Yeah, and, it's like and senior citizens like, versus PWD. Yeah, I know, I know. But just that maybe she doesn't like, maybe she starts thinking I'm taking advantage yeah. of the line where I don't belong, right? Yeah. Now, ano, to go beyond like the usual groceries and random old people, has your disability affected your work or your attempt to get work? Yeah, I never thought it would happen. But I actually... Mm-hmm. I got discriminated twice. Twice? Uh, okay, what happened? Yeah, twice in trying to get a job. Mm-hmm. So I won't mention the companies, but one is a big PR firm, famous, you know, well-known, so I won't mention. But, you know, I got through the interview, and I don't remember now if I was given a test or anything, but, mm-hmm. you know, I got through the interview, and I had a friend. She's not with the company now, but at the time, that friend of mine was with the company. And she told me that, you know, I'm sorry, that they rejected your application because, oh. of course, it's searchable naman now, di ba? Kasi I'm, I'm a mental health advocate, so yeah. I'm open about having bipolar. Yeah. So they can see it. They just look Uh-oh. at my Facebook profile. They see my posts. They know. They'll know I'm, I'm bipolar. So, you know, my friend told me that, yeah, I'm sorry, but that's really the work culture there. So, like, she really confirmed that specifically it was because of your disability yeah. and not because yeah. of like lack of talent or competence or whatever. Ganun. Yeah, it was really, she just said that that's really the culture there. They're not open to hiring people with maybe not exactly disability per se, uh, but yeah. people with the mental condition, you know, with the mental yeah. health issue. They don't like it. Particularly bipolar, like there's a stigma talaga na, ano, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But apparently, yeah, of course, that's not the only one. Another time, I applied naman for a, it's a national daily, another famous national daily okay. that I won't mention. But it's not the inquirer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh no, so that like narrows down the field. Uh, yeah. More. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but, anyway. Uh, that was... So yeah, I passed everything. I passed the exams. I passed the interview. Yeah, you're a published then, author. Yeah, Post yeah. And then, author, yeah, and then, of course, I had another friend inside. And yeah, I was told that my friend was like helping me out, you know, putting in a good word for me. But then she told me that, you know, at the top level of the really senior, senior people, mm-hmm. the really senior, senior editors, they were having discussions like, why hire Rami? You know, I mean, you, you know, naman, he's bipolar. You know, naman, what could happen? Something like that, you know. Because I think the impression is people who are bipolar, they become violent. They become hard to work with, which is, you know, not really totally unfounded given that that really does happen. Some people who have the condition, they lose control of their moods even though they're medicated, they're overstressed and, you know, they can have like outbursts. And, but, but then... Essentially, yeah. so can anyone. Does it... Like, they, you don't yeah, have yeah. To, uh, You don't have to have a condition to do yeah, something yeah. that like a boss would frown upon. So, yeah. And it's a case-to-case basis. For example, like if you have someone who's bipolar and who's not medicated and who doesn't take care of himself or oh. herself, then you get someone who has all these symptoms at work. But if you have someone who's... Responsible with their... Yeah. 
condition. It's like any, like for example, if you hire someone with diabetes yeah. who doesn't yeah. follow the correct, you know, the, the healthy diet and the maintenance mm-hmm. meds and all these things, then that person will get sick and have symptoms in your office, right? Oh, liability, then uh, Yeah. Yeah. So it's no different. The thing is. So that's where you see that there's been a stigma because people somehow do not treat mental illness in the same way that they treat, for example, cardiovascular disease. Mm-mm. You know, I mean, they are both illnesses and they can both be managed. And a lot of people, still I'm just aware that, you know, some pretty famous people like in the media, in showbiz, in politics. Mm-mm. I know there are people who are bipolar, who are depressed, Right. But of course, they're not out, you know, mm-hmm. especially if you're famous or you know, it, it's sure. harder to come out with that because of the stigma. But when it comes to, you know, can someone who's bipolar do the same job as someone who's not? Of course, yes. Right. Oh, Pang, you passed all the tests. Like, you did everything that you had to do. So, Pang, it's so unfair that you couldn't get the job on like a hunch Now you might do something, right? Pang, that's yeah, yeah. not fair at all. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's exactly why, you know, we have a Mental Health Act now. You know, right. To protect people from that sort of treatment. Ah, uh, discrimination. Now, yeah. how about your, ano, your family life or your personal life? Like, how has your being PWD, like, affected that? Like, especially since, yung nga, hindi visible yung condition mo. Has that affected how people in your personal circle see you? Yeah, but not in a negative way, I mm-hmm, think. Mm-hmm. It has evoked more compassion, more sympathy, and understanding. Mm-hmm. As long as I also, of course, I also had to make the effort to explain sure. like, what's this condition. Uh-huh. Like, for example, like with my kids, if I'm like having an episode where, because there are really times when I cannot be overstimulated, mm-hmm. because I'll just flip to mania. I am. So I ask all of them to just leave the room or just leave me alone. I'll stay. I need to stay alone in a room. Mm-mm. You all go out and, and don't make any noises. I have to turn off the lights just to stabilize the mood. Uh-huh. Because, you know, after a certain time, after some time, the episode goes away. Sure. And yeah. then everything's back to, back to normal. Mm-mm. But things like that, you know, you have to educate even your family. Of about course. this condition. Because Especially your family. Really, yeah. Because, you know, you don't really spend like an entire or half a day lecturing them on all your symptoms and all uh-huh. the possible things that could happen. So, it's like, as it happens. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to have that right. supportive environment in your yes. family because... Not all Filipino you, families are that supportive. Yes. Yes, it's terrible. Like, if you join a mental health support group, there are several on Facebook, you know. Mm -hmm. You hear what the other members say and it just breaks your heart because you have especially young people Uh who already tell their parents or have already been diagnosed Uh as having bipolar or being depressed or having schizophrenia. And then you have the parents discriminating against that child. Right. No, I mean, not, How do they not against Well, mostly it's just not believing. Even though you have the doctor's diagnosis, oh, wow. there okay. are still some parents who will look at your symptoms as a character flaw. You know, okay. instead of understanding that you're doing poorly in school because you're mostly depressed and you have mm-hmm. no energy, you're exhausted, you can't concentrate. And you... mm-hmm. Some parents just fall back to discipline. Oh, tamad ka lang. You know? 
oh, tamad ka, mapagalitan ka, or nag-iinarte ka lang. Right. Like, you know, you're just being lazy and, and, and being very maarte. So, it's terrible when you read the posts of these kids, these young people, Mm-mm. in the support group page. Because it breaks your heart. Because if the parents, the people who are supposed to be your no, first line your allies, yeah, yeah. your allies in this thing, they're yeah. the ones who don't believe you. So, and it's a no, it can have like deadly consequences. Sure, yeah. That's why huh. we have suicides from young people. You know? mm-hmm. Now, let's move on to a slightly different question. Have you ever felt guilty for not looking physically disabled? No, no, not really. Um, it only just bothers me when you feel the stigma and the discrimination from other people. Mm-hmm. That's when it hits you. For example, when I was diagnosed in 2005, at the time, this is way like 15 years ago, mm-hmm. I would buy medication in a drugstore. Right. And when they see the prescription, and when the pharmacist reads the prescription and gets the idea that these are this is medication for bipolar, this is oh. medication for, they give you a certain look. Right. It's a combination of they pity you, but they somehow find you a bit repellent. Mm-mm. It's like you're contagious. Like if they stay in front of you, you might give them the disease. You get that feeling. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Given that there's yeah, you see it. It's they like no, yeah. They talk to you normally Uh-oh. at first. Then you show them your prescription, and they see what the prescription is. Then they give you a different look. Wow. They treat you differently. But that was. Like 15 years ago, what I noticed is nowadays, not so much. Okay. Or maybe not at all anymore. No? Mm. I only really felt that maybe the first few years after I was diagnosed in 2005. So maybe people are more educated now. Maybe there's less discrimination, at least on the part of these pharmacists. Sure. I guess <laughs> because other you know, people, I don't know. Yeah, because like the internet, I mean... Thanks to that, everybody's talking about all yeah. kinds of things. So, ayun. so yeah. mental health is definitely one of those things. Na, yeah. So um, talking about these things, having a conversation about yeah. it, it's really useful. It really helps. Definitely. Yeah. Now, let's move on to what's been happening right now, the pandemic. Yeah. Has it affected you as a person with a disability? Yeah. Because, well, first of all, because you already have a condition which affects your mood and because we're surrounded by anxiety and dread because yeah. of the disease. Yeah. That in itself already strains your psychological uh, equilibrium. Yeah, psychological equilibrium. So, right. I mean, people who are not diagnosed or supposed to be like neurotypical or normal, Mm-mm. they're having a hard time. So what more yeah, if you already have a mental illness? But in yeah. my case, the thing that's been distracting me is work. Right. Okay. So work is a good distraction, but right. you know, in a way, it's also not good to be distracted all the time because your body and your mind, your brain is telling you to deal with certain effects that the pandemic is having on you, but you don't deal with them because yeah, exactly. you're right. just busy distracting yourself. Right, right. So in a way, the pandemic is really a challenge, even for those like me who are not physically impaired. Mm-mm. But if your brain is impaired, then that's something else. For example, when they relaxed the lockdown and Uh I could now go out and go to the grocery store, go to some places that are open, it triggers an anxiety attack because, you know, it's just your condition plus the stress of which you have to do a lot of things. Before I had to wear the quarantine pass, you have to remember to wear your mask and you remember to put on your face shield. Because aside from the bipolar, I'm asthmatic. 
So oh. like it's a high risk condition, di ba? Oh, oh my god. So so it's a no, it's just going through the motions of oh. preparing myself to go out, putting on all these things, all this protection. That already is like mentally draining That's for cool. me. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, how about ano? How about ayuda? Like, did you get an emergency? No, we didn't. I didn't even bother to because if you really look at the situation, I'm really just lucky to have a job. You know, right. like I'm a PWD. I need the money. I need the assistance. But I keep thinking of all the others who are also who have a disability and mm-hmm. but who are somewhat less financially stable right. than me, right? So it's better that the assistance goes to them. What so did I didn't somebody, even. I didn't. Did, uh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I didn't bother to fill out the form. They handed out forms for the PWDs in each household, but I declined it. You know, I, I see. Fill it out. Yeah. It's like in my city, in Pasig, they just give the money directly to you if you are uh, part of the subsidy program. Like, you don't even mm-hmm. have to sign up. So, ah, yeah, yeah. what yes, if somebody knocked on your door and just handed you the money? Like, would you take it or would you give it away or what would you do with it? Well, right now, my first instinct is, yeah, I'd take it. Mm-hmm. But if I feel that somehow for this amount would better serve someone else, then I would rather be the one to distribute that right, to, right. A per- to a more needy person rather than just like, I don't know. Trusting the system. You know, rather than just declining it because then I'm going to be thinking, oh, where's this money going to go? Exactly. Is this really going to go to a beneficiary or is somebody yeah. else going to pocket the assistance? Uh-oh. So, yeah, that's what I would do. I'd probably accept it and then find where to put it where it's more needed. Mm-hmm. In connection with that, how would you describe the state of PWDs in the Philippines in general? Like, um, especially, uh, yeah, like, hello, dog. I, I, <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Hello, Can someone close the door? <laughs> it's okay. Hello, yeah. dog. Yeah, yeah. Ayun. Um, yun. So, how would you describe the state of PWDs in the Philippines besides the, the opinion of your dog? <laughs> I think we're still, as a society, we're still not doing enough. Like, what's missing? I guess, first of all, it's really recognizing that, you know, the rights of the disabled. We're not. It's like, for example, if you're riding a train and someone who can't really walk well, you know, who's using crutches, comes in. It's easy for maybe someone, no? Someone to just stand up and give up his seat to this guy. Sure. That's easy for us. But the rest of the thing, the rest of the other support, absent. For example, like the MRT. Mm-hmm. The elevators are broken most yeah. of the time. Yeah. There are no ramps that make it easier for people who are disabled to blow up. Uh-oh. So all of these things, like if you're in a bus and you need to... I actually experienced something like that because there was a time when I had a bad back. I had this terrible case of sciatica where I had to use a cane, a crutch. Okay. And it was so hard yeah. just to get a ride in a bus. Uh-oh. Like no one cared that you're in crutches. <laughs> So even though ano, kahit na it seemed like you were yeah. visible, PWD. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Um, so it, it doesn't I was, matter. I was getting no assistance. Right. So it, whatsoever. Yeah, so I guess that goes to prove na ano, par, it doesn't matter if you look or don't look disabled. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah it's, like, it's like in general, parang, I don't know what it is in our culture, but I just have this notion that in our society, if you're weak, 
you just get left behind. Ganun. Yeah, you just get left behind. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. You're just, it's like if you're weak and you're small. It's not anyone else's they, problem. Yeah, any, everyone just walks past you and don't. Sure. That's like in general. But of course, you know, there are still some Filipinos who are kind and compassionate. And all mm-hmm. But in general, unless maybe you've like, you're collapsed on the ground. And maybe now, not anymore because people are afraid you might have COVID-19. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. But, but, yeah, but pre-pandemic, yeah, it's really tough to... Like, everyone's so busy. Like, if I'm healthy, I'm not disabled. Everyone is concerned with their own survival. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, you, you have an oppressive system that oppresses everybody. Mm-hmm. So, everybody who's healthy... It's like the weaker ones, the stronger ones, will always inadvertently in their pursuit of survival will leave behind whoever's weak. Yeah. And to me, that's really bad. I mean, that's something that has to change if you really want Progress. PWD rights to, right. to be met, right? Mm-mm. So, yeah, I guess it's more the attitude and the understanding of the importance of protecting rights, people's rights. They, yeah. Right now, even the Bill of Rights is under attack. Right. Uh-oh. <laughs> right to free expression. It's just, you know, so much education needed. Yeah. yeah. If you had like a wish list, uh, we'll go now to the last two questions. So, if you had a wish list for persons with disabilities in the Philippines, like what would be on it? Oh, yeah. My wish list would be, yeah, first of all, for the discrimination to just go away. Mm-hmm. For people to see that equality in human dignity does not depend on whether you're neurotypical or you have a mental illness, it does not depend on whether you have a physical disability or you don't. Mm-mm. Filipinos just have to get out of survival mode and just think that it's not every man for himself. I want Filipinos to one day wake up and realize that if we're going to improve this country, stop with the, you know, too much focus on your own survival. Think of the future of the country and think of what you should do so that our over-preoccupation with survival doesn't have to be the default mode anymore. Mm-hmm. So all the oppressive things have to be dismantled yeah. so that yeah. everyone can start caring about others. Because I totally understand that. We, we see it. For example, uh, like a journalist is mm-hmm. arrested. Mm-hmm. No one must go against that because you feel that, well, you don't, I don't want the government coming after me. Okay, right. that, diba? You think yeah. of your own survival because you don't really trust that the system will protect you. Mm-hmm. And it's because of that. That's like the number one wish, maybe, that our default mode of my survival first before everyone else, I want that to go away because it will solve so many things. Then you can start caring about others, about the rights of those who are weaker than you. I hear your dog agreeing with you, so that's a good <laughs> sign. <laughs> okay, so now for the, our final question, what I call our beauty queen question. What message do you have for PWDs out there who have no visible disabilities? Well, just carry on and live your life the way you should and defend your rights and defend the rights of others. Because, you know, you have to stand up not just for yourself, but whether your disability is visible or not, you should, you know, you stand up for each other. Right. If you see someone being oppressed, you know, being subjected to this unfair treatment, then you speak up. Because that's how you make rights seem important. Mm-mm. That's how you prove that you know, rights are important by yeah. defending them. 
yeah. how can you say something is important if you're just letting, letting people like on. you know yeah yeah, yeah. letting people just step on your rights right on the rights of others so that's it okay that's perfect and that actually applies to anyone like mm -hmm. everyone should be defending our rights doesn't mm -hmm. matter what background you have or social status or whatever mm -hmm. yeah. and that is our show thank you again Ramil <laughs> thank you thank you Mars. <laughs> If you would like a guest on I've Got an Opinion or want to submit an opinion piece to Rappler, just email opinion at rappler.com. I'm Marguerite DeLeon. Thank you for listening. Bye!